you have to accept this fact. If you are authentic, if you are you, there will be people that do not like you. Plain and simple. Right. If you're comfortable with that, then you're comfortable with everything. That's the key. As you said, the secret sauce. Welcome to the Sales Prescription Podcast with Ron Halbert and Rusty Jensen. You know, there's all kinds of problems that can prevent you from being successful personally and professionally. And we are here to write you some highly effective and broad spectrum sales prescriptions. And all you have to do is fill them. So as an introduction today, we have Jay Oliver. Jay is the Director of Sales Enablement over at Replicant. And we worked with Jay for several years. He's an incredible salesperson sales coach because he was a salesperson. So Jay's been a sales developer. He's been a salesperson, very successful in both positions, kind of took that passion into sales enablement, and he's phenomenal at it. I think I've rarely ever met anyone who has really the social perceptions and the ability to actually look at how people communicate, why they communicate the way they do, and actually offer such good and authentic coaching when it comes to improving sales process. What it is, is it's, it's connection. Mm. Jay has this innate ability to connect with other humans and, and you'll, it'll come out here in this podcast. Yeah, we'll, we'll just do a little connecting over here. Yeah, right, right, Jay? Definitely. Definitely. Very cool. Really quick. So I was going to say something about that. I was actually doing some soul searching about why that is. Cause if I were to say like, what is a ability that I have? It's not like Jay, you're so good at sales, man. It's not, you're super smart. Like someone doesn't say, who's the smart guy? It's Jay. Like that, that's not. That's <laughs> no one's ever case. said No that. one's ever in the world said that, <laughs> right? Uh, I usually get, you know, like humor and things like that. But I would say though, that some of my close friends, especially friends in the professional life have said, Jay, you have an innate ability. You've like mastered the ability to like read people. How did you do that? That's impressive. And it comes from my childhood, having a biracial upbringing. And I had to like make sure that I was always reading what my, cause my dad's kind of like, I hope he never hears this, but he's, he's kind of like bipolar. So uh-huh. I'd always have to like read the room every time I talked to him or anytime he came home from work. Is it a good day? Is it a bad day? So I got really good at being able to assess the situation without saying anything. And so I think that transferred over into sales. That's what, that was just a quick yeah. story. Well, oh, l- let me add to that as well. It's just kind of while we're on the topic. So Jay and I were sales developers at the same time. So we both were at a company called In Contact at the time doing cold calls. I started a little bit before Jay about, I don't know, eight, 10 months before Jay, somewhere in that range. And when he first started with the company, they sat him next to me and it lasted approximately one month before I asked to be moved (laughs) because I couldn't stop talking to him. I never missed quota, but that one month I sat next to Jay was the closest I came to missing quota. And I walked into our boss's office, Lisa Kelly at the time. I said, Lisa, I need to move away from Jay. And it's because I love him. He's too awesome. I can't sit next to this guy. He has the ability to like talk and hang out and have a good time and somehow still hit numbers. I don't have that ability. I need to focus. I can only do one thing at a time. Awesome. <laughs> so Jay's like, you really asked to be moved away from me? He was like offended. Well, I'm I was like, like dude, I'm I don't want to. Dang, I'm like disruptive, which is like the number one thing I've heard my entire life in school, right? <laughs> you're just, just you're, 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 you're too, people okay. don't want to do work. They want to hang out with you. Yeah. And that's not a conceited thing. It's like, I want to get the work done out of the way fast. And we'll move on after this, but I didn't spend a lot of time on the numbers game, which yep. a lot of the times the prospecting does. I was like, let me get five great calls and I'll convert all five. Then I can talk. Exactly. There you right? go. I like it. Anyways. Well, and, and because you have such a good ability to read people, right? 
you have actually invented your own scale. That's true. Around how to measure people and what kind of person you are. And that's the lightsaber scale. Yeah. Jay, so what tell us about this scale? Yeah. So I made this up actually when I was working with Ron. So I'm born and raised in Utah. So anyone who's outside of Utah listening to this, we have a very predominant culture here. And it's not what you think. So what I'm trying to convey is I had a lot of friends that were part of this church Mormon, culture. Mormon faith. Well, I'm, I want to say Mormon, but I don't want to say Mormon because it's not LDS anymore. And it's not, it's Latter-day Saints. I'm trying to be it. Yeah. Politically the, correct. Politically we correct. Right. right? We, we, we appreciate so that. Mormon, so Mormon. So, <laughs> however, when you're non-Mormon, you get treated differently. And I don't mean like negatively, meaning Mormons let loose around me way more than they let loose around other Mormons. So... When I say let loose, they want to like try new things or they want to have a drink or they want to do things that they wouldn't do with other Mormons. So, which is totally because I don't care. So that's why I think they feel like maybe less judged or anything. The point of this story is, is I needed to develop a skill so I knew exactly who I was dealing with. Am I dealing with someone who is like, Jay, I am every day in church. And the last word I said was, oopsie, I, I bumped my boogie. Like, you know, like <laughs> I wanted to make sure who I was speaking to, because if I were just like, let my F-bombs fly, I didn't want them to be offended because I wanted to read people and have good communication. Yeah, yeah. So well, I created the lightsaber scale and the lightsaber, like in Star Wars, they have different colors. So the different colors would symbolize the difference in how good you were in Star Wars canon, right? The redder the lightsaber, the more evil you were, right? <laughs> And then you'd have like the blues and the green lightsabers that were the good guys, right? And that's just, that's the lightsaber. So as Star Wars created, there was yellow lightsabers and, you know, green and purple and red. So I just created a rainbow scale with them. So I'd ask, hey, you know, Ron, what kind of lightsaber are you, man? What am I, Jay? What do you mean, <laughs> right? Well, are you more like a yellow? Meaning like you're leaning more towards, like I could see you in a, you know, maybe have a drink in a while, but I would never catch you at a strip club, Right. <laughs> Or are you like, you know, are you as green as, and, and blue as they come? Like where it's like, hey, man, you know, I'll, I'll never even drink a hot drink like that kind of stuff. Right. So it really, it really had a scale. And so that's what the lightsaber scale is. So when I asked, so to answer your question, I think I had you in green. Yeah. I had yeah. you green. I remember, uh, I remember Jay going, this is a red lightsaber conversation, Ron. You can, <laughs> yeah, you, you can go somewhere wanna... else, see your way out. <laughs> you of can that. see your way out of the room here. I'm like, which, right, which is very nice. Right. Very convenient. I'm a happy green happy lightsaber. Green. Yeah, I'm, I have no issues being a green lightsaber. <laughs> yeah. No, I loved it. So that's kind of how I would, it's because it's not really politically to say, Hey, are you Mormon? Then don't listen to this conversation. Like, so I was trying to say, yeah, where, where do you, where are you on the scale? Cause if you're Mormon, you still want to be part of the cuss words and stuff like that, then feel free. Cause I am who I am, which is, I, you know, which is kind of what we're talking about here today. Yeah. Great. So we're going to get into like authenticity, which is why we've kind of set the stage as like Jay is who Jay is. And I think a lot of people struggle to find out who they are. Like they have this inability to intrinsically consider themselves and think, who am I? What makes me me? And, and how can I be myself in all situations? And when we thought about Jay, cause Jay's a, a very powerful trainer, he's very good at sales, very good at training sales. And we think about like, what is his superpower? It's authenticity. It's his ability to know who he is, recognize people around him, be a chameleon when it comes to working with different types of people. And we just kind of came down to this word of authentic. Yep. So Jay, walk me through, what does it mean to you to be authentic? Yeah. It's an interesting concept because I didn't find it right away. Right. And this is something that was really, it's, it's kind of hard. 
authenticity to me is really, obviously it's being who you are, but you're never afraid to be who you are. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of just said like, Hey, I'm happy. I'm a happily green lightsaber. Right. I know who I am. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not trying to be somebody I'm not. And I think it's interesting that in every aspect of our lives, think about it this way, just, 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 just think about this. If I go to the bar, I'm a certain way. If, if I'm having dinner, I'm probably that same certain way. If I'm watching TV. I'm having that same sort of way. If I'm hanging out with my friends in that same certain way, some reason, soon as I put on a tie and go to work, I'm completely different. Mm. I say words like, would you like to accept my credentials instead of here's my ID? <laughs> right. You know, like I, I talk like a robot. I say things that I would never really say, I say big words. I say buzzwords, especially in it, right. Especially in the tech industry. I'm all about the buzzwords. I'm all about hoping you think I'm super intelligent by using all these big words and buzzwords so I can come off a certain way. But the funny thing is it's unauthentic because I would never go to a bar and talk to a girl and say, would you like to see my credentials, madam? (laughs) And I would, you know, I would never, I never tried to like, actually that might work. (laughs) I would never hit on somebody the way that I speak to somebody in, in prospecting. Think about that way. If I was making a cold call. Yeah. Versus me trying to go meet a girl at a bar. It's completely different. And it shouldn't be is the funny thing. It should be the same, right? I should go in. I should, my idea here is to find out more about you, just like in a cold call. However, I like to talk to you about my big spiel and here's what I am. And here's my 30 second elevator pitch. And here's all this stuff. That would never work in a bar scenario. No, you're talking 30 and, seconds about me. Who gives a shit? Yeah. The funny thing is, is like what people forget is you can still be authentic and respectful. So Jay is a chameleon. He is always who he is, but he likes to have this scale so that he is being respectful. So he's still authentic. He's still who he is, but he's not saying things that might come across as offensive to some people. Cause I can read the room cause you can read the room, right? So it doesn't mean you're changing your personality. It just means I have the same personality, but I'm not saying the same things that I might say in this other scenario. I still talk the same. I'm still the same me, just not mentioning specific things that might be considered offensive. Right. One of the things that that we always ask when I'm trying to interview somebody is tell me what you're an expert at. What are you an expert at outside of sales? And tell me about it. Mm -hmm. And the purpose of that is actually to get to the human being and to see who they are and tap into a passion they have. So you can kind of see how they operate. Because in an interview, they're kind of- It's funny you you say that. Yeah, But, But like as a leader, I'm trying to buy- the person, yeah. right? Who, you know, I'm trying to, Hey, come work with me. I want to know who you are. Do you have like those, the, the skills and the engagement, but, but people go into work and transform yeah. like you're saying, I, but, but that's not what we want. No. As a sales and, and think about what you just said there for the interview process. That entire process is a process you need to learn as a salesperson, which is completely different than your sales career, which is so weird. It's almost like two different parts. There's what you do for a living and then learning how to interview. Why is it that I need to learn how to interview? Why? Why can't I just tell you, here's what I've done. Here's who I am. Because it's difficult. It's very difficult to one, know who you are, but B, be able to speak intelligently about you because an interview really, as we all know, and we've all hired people is a highlight reel. Yeah. No one ever comes in and says, here's why I'm terrible. Right. Here's what I'm really crappy at. Right. Just like a company never says we are great at being number three. <laughs> we are amazing. We are almost good. At some of these areas. No one ever does that. It's always, I'm the best. We're the nation leading X, Y, Z. So yeah. it's just something interesting to think about. So Jay, why does being authentic and kind of being who you are, why does that matter in sales? So think about it this way. Obviously you would like to be who you are. 
And that sounds like, well, haha, that's super fluffy. You know, turn off the podcast. Duh, of course. Right. But actually it correlates into science. And the science here is they actually did a study on rats and it was an oxytocin was actually released from rat to rat to be able to tell if you're approachable, Hmm. if the rat was approachable to another rat. What is that? That's trust. I can trust that you're not going to eat me or bite me or hurt me. And I'm releasing a chemical in my brain. Humans actually have the same chemical, as we all know. It's the same chemical. And so what we're doing here is if I'm authentic, what I immediately do to you is I, you, the prospect, or you, the person I'm speaking to, or you, the girl in the bar or whatever, I'm immediately lowering down my walls to show you vulnerability that immediately invites your vulnerability. Therefore, we're just two people speaking. I'm not a sales rep speaking to a VP of sales or CEO or CTO. I'm just a dude talking to a dude, right? Or a gal talking to a gal, right? So it basically just creates a human element. And as we all know, trust is the main factor in sales, because if you can get someone to trust you early in the sales cycle or early really anywhere, people are buying the messenger, not the message at all cases. We've talked about trust a lot on this podcast before because of how important it is in sales, right? And we've also talked about humanization, like humanizing who you are so that you're seen as a person, not an entity, right? And that's what Jay can do. And that's what a lot of great salespeople do is they allow people to see them as a real raw human. I'm a normal person just like you. And we have a lot of commonalities between us and people like people like themselves. So if I believe that you're like I am, I'm going to like you more. Mm-hmm. We've talked about uh, with Jay in the past, and maybe I've mentioned it on a past podcast as well, the definition of trust. And the definition of trust is where character and competence combine. Right. Right. If I believe that you are competent, if I believe that you know what you're talking about, then I'm willing to listen to you. Yeah. Covey said that. Yeah. Covey. It's a yeah. Covey thing. If I believe that you are also of good character, like you're a good person, now I'll actually share goals and problems and needs. It's beyond just listening. Now it's right. like, oh, this is my problem. Cause I'm almost seeking help from people I trust. If I don't trust you, I'm not going to seek help from you. It's the vulnerability, Absolutely. right? I can be vulnerable with you, which is telling you about problems I'm having inside the company, things I need to get fixed, which is the whole job of a salesperson. Let me fix those for you for right. this fee. Well, it is particularly critical for salespeople because there's this natural dislike and mistrust of salespeople because frankly, our forebearers, right? Salespeople Mm -hmm. that have come before and then there's some that are out there that do sell something that doesn't deliver that, you know, everybody has had an experience where they feel like they got sold. Yeah. Where where they didn't feel like they bought. Yeah. And so when you, when you build that relationship of trust and you can actually be authentic, it's especially critical for salespeople because you're already at a disadvantage where they don't trust you. Right. So getting good at that and being who you are matters, but there's that secret sauce. The secret sauce to it is that people put on their work voice. People use the language, like you were saying, that they all normally use. They, They come in and say big words and, and they become overly formal and overly nice and overly just not who they are. They allow others to see them as an entity instead of a person. Think about this way. I know you've talked about this. I've listened to the podcast. If I say, what's a customer service voice? Immediately, everyone knows what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Right? And hey, how are you doing today? And it's completely <laughs> fake. <laughs> Why? Because I don't care how you're doing today. That's not, and you know what? I'm not because I'm rude, because I'm trying to get to the next item. And guess what? You know, I don't care when I say, how are you doing today, sir? I'd love to talk to you about layer laundry detergent. 
<laughs> yeah. says, I know you don't really care about my day just for one second. What if I really answered that? How are you doing today? Really shitty, actually. You caught, caught me at a bad time. I'm probably going through a divorce. No one ever says these things. No. no. I'm fine. I'm fine. No matter what. Fine, because yeah, that's yeah. not a real question. It's fodder to get to the cell, right? The pitch, which I don't trust anyways, because I don't trust you, because you have an agenda. Your agenda is to make money off of me. Right. Which kind of gets into the next question, because I think we should unpack this a little bit deeper, Jay. Yeah. How does trust impact your ability to sell? And to get into it, into a sales process, both sell and prospect, maybe yeah. how those are different. No, that's a good, good point because they are different. Right. And if you think about a cold call, cold call is something I need, I need to be able to build trust within what? 15 seconds, 30 seconds. Very fast. Right. Seconds. Yeah. Let's say I'm an account executive or I'm, I'm actually selling a qualified lead where I'm going through discovery questions and I'm going through, you know, different types of deliverables I need to give to you and goal identification. I have some time to actually deliver. Not a lot, but I have a little bit more time than a prospecting call. So let's right. kind of open those up both. Think of it from like a BDR or SDR, depending on your organization, right? Someone who's cold calling for a living, which is rough. It's a rough gig. As you know, we all had to do it, but it's, it's not easy. And, and quite frankly, I think it's harder than selling than the account executive role in certain aspects and a lot of aspects. But here's what we're talking about. We're talking about the ability to open up and get trust. What can I say to you that makes you think I'm any different than the last 400 calls that you've gotten? Everyone in this room right now is in a title to where you get solicited at your company and they're annoying. Why are they annoying? <laughs> because you have other things that you're doing, not because you hate the company or hate the people. You don't even know the company. I'm just trying to get through to I'm just the emails that are relevant. hundred percent. And I'm trying to filter even my own emails in my own company, let alone outside stuff. Hey, would you like to hear about our software that helps you sell more? No, I don't. Why not? Because I don't have time. Do I have time? Probably. I probably could make some time, but I don't. If, if you cared, if it mattered. But how does somebody make me care about something like that? If I'm already, look at the, look at the wall I have up. Now I'm the girl at the bar who's been hit on 500 times that night. The next person that comes up to me, I'm going to go, ugh. Even if you're the greatest guy in the world, doesn't matter. I'm, I'm turned off. So we're talking about trust. How can you build trust? And we're talking about authenticity. What if, just what if, you were able to call this person and have a conversation that had nothing to do with your elevator pitch in that format, let's say. I call up and I say, hey, how are you doing today? Look, I know I called you out of the blue and the idea is if you wanted my product, you'd probably be calling me. Mm -hmm. I understand yep. that. Yep. Here goes my walls. I understand that. You probably know that. Look, I don't need to talk to you right now. I don't even need to talk to you next week, but I'd love to get on your calendar because what we're seeing in the market today and give you examples, don't take my word for it, Mr. Customer, Mrs. Customer. Here's some success stories we've seen. Love to talk to you. That kind of stuff. And that's a little more passive, passive attack. It is, um, but just listening to that as somebody who gets a pitch every day. It's refreshing. Right? It's refreshing. It's refreshing. Because it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I feel like prospectors are hoping for immediate gratification and immediate win. Mm-hmm. And we had another person on the podcast a while back, Matt Lampros, that talked about like offering up different dates in the future. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my team does not want to do that. They want a tomorrow meeting. Yeah, of course you do. Because they want to get the pay. The, they want to get paid tomorrow. They don't want to wait till next month. Right. But in truth, you can still get a tomorrow meeting mm -hmm. when you offer a date in the future. But they're like, oh, man, not getting pressured into it. Right. Well, I mean, it, so have you, have you guys seen my calendar? 
as an example? I, I saw it when I used to work with you, but I haven't seen it obviously since. Yeah. Is there any way we're going to get a meeting tomorrow? No, I don't think there's any way we're going to get a meeting this year. <laughs> and Rusty dude, there was one strange. time I looked and I saw, I walked in your office. I remember, I think this was like what, eight years ago or whatever. I walked in and you had the rise desk um, right? and you're standing and you were in the other, you were like on the other side because your office, you were on like, other, you weren't next to your computer. And I looked at your computer cause I wanted to put something in your calendar. Sure. And you had three meetings per block, <laughs> meaning you physically couldn't attend all, no. all of them at the same time. It's just a funny joke. But the, but the idea behind all this, getting back to being authentic and letting the, the walls come down a little bit, there is two different ways that you can actually attack. And I say attack because it is kind of an attack. Uh, it's a strategy, right? Like the art of war, right? It's a strategy on how can I get somebody else to buy into me, not my product. It doesn't really matter what I'm selling. I want you to buy me. So what can I do, like the girl in the bar, what can I do to make you think I'm different than the other 500 guys that just hit on you, right? Right. There's a tactic we can use. So I just gave you the tactic that's a little more on the passive side. I have to, I have to credit um, Ed Richardson on that one. Eddie the Knife. Yeah, Eddie the Knife. And in, he, I couldn't understand how passive he was because I'm not that way at all. I'm very aggressive mm-hmm. and on the phone. And it worked for me. That's why I only need five calls and I can still talk to you. Yep. Um, but his didn't, his was pretty passive and he didn't feel comfortable doing that, which most people don't. He would get qualified leads while we were at lunch because he had such calls that would come back in over and over again. Right. They were nurtured. Mm-hmm. But what I'm talking about is the two pronged way, right? The aggressive way and the passive way. And when you, when you get the aggressive way, it's a little bit different. And I know that Rusty, you're on the aggressive side because we've worked together before and I've yeah. heard some of the things that you've said and you're actually pretty, you're, you lean more towards the, I would say what yellow lightsaber on the aggressiveness <laughs> when it comes to, when it comes to selling. I, I think I meet in the middle between those. I don't know. Yeah. I yeah. Some in the red lightsaber. You're in the red side for oh. aggressive. And I'm, I'm pretty red too, which is look, I'm not here to waste your time. I hope you're not here to waste mine mm-hmm. because here's something that we're doing. You don't have to take this call. That's okay. I have 300 people that are already in the know. You know what I like about what you said too, is like you said, Hey, Ed's approach is different. Mm-hmm. My approach is different. And why do they both work? Cause it's you. hundred percent. I, mean, I could never do an Ed's approach. I actually tried. He got yeah. promoted and gave me his book of business. I closed two out of 10. Cause you, cause you and I was good. And I just couldn't be passive because he already had started up the passive way with these people and they didn't want the aggressiveness. Well, and then that's the thing is, I guess the point of it too, is just show that you're a human because we all have friends. We all got, I mean, if, you, if you're in sales, you, you get along with people. Yeah. So show them who you are. Totally. That's a big part of it. The first thing, and one of the things you have to accept the fact, you have to accept this fact. If you are authentic, if you are you, there will be people that do not like you. Right. That's well, interesting to think. Plain of. and simple. If you're comfortable with that, then you're comfortable with everything. That's the key. This, you said the secret sauce. Let me bring it back to the girl at the bar. If I were to approach this in a different scenario, what if I went up to the girl in the bar and said, hey, I just wanted to let you know, thank you for buying those drinks for me and my friends. What are, you, what are you saying? I didn't buy you any drinks. Oh, you didn't buy the drinks for me and my buddies over here? That's why I came over here. Or else I wouldn't have come over here. You look like you're busy. It's a completely different approach. And now it's completely, she's not thinking I'm hitting on her. I am. And that, right. You know, <laughs> so I'm talking about something completely different. And that, that leads me to a, to a different topic for sales leaders, which is why it's so important to have diversity in your sales team, different kinds of people, different kinds of personalities, different kinds of backgrounds. Cause when you can put that mix out on the floor, collectively, you're going to be able to connect with more people. That's why that becomes very important. Yeah. You can't just have a whole bunch of people just like me because then nobody won't talk to you. Well, which is why you can't, you can't model off of your best salesperson, your right. entire sales organization. You have to model after your best 10 salespeople. 
right? People right. who are good in different areas because not everybody is, is the aggressive, is the middle of the road or is the passive. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of tailor to, to it. So, so Jay, do you have any stories? I mean, let's, <laughs> let's talk about, you know, the, the good, bad, and the ugly of sales. Right. Like what kind of, what kind of stories you want to share that uh, maybe some successes and failures yeah. around this? Okay. So I do have a story. So it's the first time I realized we talked about this in, and I know that you've talked about this on the podcast. And like I said, I've listened, but you guys talked about mirroring paraverbals. You mm-hmm. talked about the way that you approach other people. So good, by the way. Right. It's really funny that great salespeople do this accidentally, mm-hmm. right? They don't know that they're doing this, but you, it's actually can be taught. And that's why when you're speaking to somebody in New York versus California, it's a different approach, even if you're the same person, right? And I don't mean change who you are. Obviously this is authenticity, but I, I know who I'm speaking to. I'm getting quick to the point in New York. I might have a couple cuss words, just being normal. I'm laid back. We can talk some other time. It doesn't have to be now if I'm talking in, in LA, right? Now, here's the story. The story was I was actually in a different type of cell, which was I was waiting tables. And, you know, some people are like, oh, that's not really sales. I mean, people come to your organization and it's kind of like an inbound sale, right? People come there, which I don't have to sell them on eating. I just have to sell them on the food I want them to buy, right? Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people don't know this and a lot of people are in the industry, but there are certain things I can persuade you on getting every time. I can tell you what to order. And there's times that you have an idea of what you want to order and I can sell you out of that. How many times have you ever gone to a restaurant and someone says, I actually really recommend this. And you're like, all right, great. You must know. Yeah. You're the product expert. You work yeah, yeah. here. You're the no. SME. Yeah, yeah. So here's the story. This lady came in. I think she was in a C-suite. She was like C-level something. And she came in for the lunch rush, uh, like 11 o'clock. And I was working the lunch. And she came in, she sat down and she took her coat off. And I just went over. And the first thing I did is reading people is, I try to be like, I guess the word would be softer when I'm speaking to women versus men. I don't know why mm-hmm. my brain tells me to do that, but I, I, it comes off as me not being like, you know, super aggressive. Yeah. But with men, I not, I'm not super soft because it comes off as weakness. So yeah, yeah. this again, reading the room. So I came off and said, Hey, how are you doing? She was, like I said, C-suite. So she's been fighting the dogs and she was in, I don't remember the company, but it was like a, she was in C-suite of sales, like CRO or something. So she's been fighting the dogs off and she knew exactly like how to act. So I should have been treating her differently. Mm-hmm. So I showed up I said, Hey, welcome to the restaurant I work at. Have you been here before? That's the first thing I asked. Yes, I've been here. Just so you know, I'm going to need coffee. I'm waiting for my two executives to show up. I need a lot of cream. You can go. Right. That would come off as rude to most people. Right. So now that puts us in a different level. She's up here. I'm down here. But as, as paraverbals and as mirroring has taught me, as well as being authentic, you're sitting in my section. Like I deal with people all day long. So hold on a minute. So I go and get the coffee. We have these cups, the creamer cups that are like, um, they look like little tiny milk pitchers. So mm-hmm. they, they have a small opening, but like a bigger oh, bottom, yeah, yeah. right? Yep. So one of those things can do like two full cups of coffee. Like it's a lot of cream. So I bring it out the table, bring out the sweetener and, and the sugar so she can choose, put on it. Yep, great. Did you want to get something to drink while you wait for you? She's like, first off, I said, hold on. So I stopped talking. She was, you're not paying attention. I said, I want cream. So yeah, there's cream. And she said, no, I said a lot of cream. Are you not, are you not listening? So I stopped, walked off. Okay. I'm being authentic. Cause I'm starting to piss me off a little bit. <laughs> right? So I'm like, okay, if this is just two people talking to each other and I didn't have a title or I wasn't wearing an apron, she, there's no way she would treat me this way. 
Yeah, so she's, I'm going she's to dehumanizing you. I'm going to treat her the way I would treat her if I saw her on the street. Just us two humans. Like we just talked about authenticity. Yep. So in the back and I got the carton, like the jug, like the two gallon. <laughs> I came back. By the time I came back, the two guys had sat down, the two executives came down and I plopped it on the table to where some came out of the top because it didn't have the lid on. So I popped it. goes, do you think that'll be enough for you? <laughs> just like you're chuckling, the executives started laughing, right? She looked at it for a half a second. Might've been the longest half a second of my life. She looked at that half a second and started laughing. She said, yeah, I think that'll be enough. I'm like, great. So I want to make sure I hear you this time. I've asked you twice if you want something to drink. So I'm listening. I'm all ears. So now the executives are paying attention. Now I understand I'm, I'm being rude to some people that are listening on the phone. They think that's being rude, but what I'm doing is I'm mirroring her rudeness. She's I'm the same that she is to me mm-hmm. and she's respecting it from that day on. She requested my table and we are on a hugging basis, a stranger. She'd come in, she'd hug me and sit in my section every time. This is just a weird scenario. I have never once been authentic to somebody and met them as far as mirroring and had that interaction be where they, where they shut off that I'm no longer doing business with you. Yeah. If I meet them where they are works every time, hundred percent of the time. Yeah. We had a, we had a particular scenario where we were selling a deal as an example, and I was getting on to negotiate this deal at the end of the quarter. And the sales rep that was, that was, I mean, a lot of sales reps get really uncomfortable with trying to apply pressure and try to reinforce timelines um, because it's, because it's kind of a hard thing to do. You feel like you're putting your deal at risk. Yeah. And so a lot of times um, as a sales leader, you get involved and you, you help to kind of negotiate. And I remember getting on a call with this guy in New York who is, a, he's a CEO and it's a pretty big company. And he's like, all right, let's go. Let's, let's get on this conversation. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And he's very aggressive. He's like, well, he's like what, what is this? What is this? What are you doing here? Like, he's very aggressive. And I remember sitting next to the sales rep and I started doing the same thing. Exactly. You know, I was like, look, that's not reasonable. You cannot ask for that. We're not doing it. Mm-hmm. I'd say things like that. And then I remember the sales rep just white, just in his chair, just like, oh my gosh, like what's going on? And I remember like having this conversation and immediately this guy's tone completely shifts. He's like, this guy I want to talk to. Yeah, this is the guy I want to talk to. In fact, the rest of the conversations after we got through it, it was, it was like, let me talk to him. Get yeah. rusty. Let's go. And we would have these conversations and it was a very aggressive banter and conversation, but it was business that was respected and it frightens people, but it works. Yeah. And, it's, and it's, it's important to just be who you are. People yeah. like people like themselves. Right. If, Which I is believe the you're, if I believe you're like I am. Then I'm going to like you more. And that doesn't mean like you're necessarily like your political affiliates or oh, you like green and I like green. But really, if you come off as someone I can see myself in a truck next to driving on a long road, then why not? Why not have that conversation? You know, another secret that some salespeople, particularly when they get really good, they forget about, which is what we talked about earlier. You know how we said that sometimes people don't like you? Yeah. Like sometimes you get on a call and somebody doesn't like you mm-hmm. and who you are. And salespeople get really good and know a lot and are, are good salespeople. Sometimes what they do is they fight that. So they get somebody who they can tell they don't like them and they fight it just by trying to give them more of them. I'll just give you more. I'll just educate you more. Mm-hmm. It actually turns them off. There was a time when I was selling a deal. This person hated me. So it was a, it was a CIO, a very technical person who did not like salespeople. You could tell. And I got on the phone and, and, I have a high level of competency and I have a high level of, of technical 
capability and but salesmanship as well. So you're saying that you're actually not pretty good. You're not so good at sales at all. I'm not sure I heard that right. No, but like a lot of times I rely on all this strength of skill and, and I remember just getting blasted by this CIO and I'm lucky I had the presence of mind to recognize how much she loved my sales engineer. Yeah. Yeah. Step, step, step aside. Oh, and it, and it was awesome because what I did is I just said, okay, I'm going to stop talking and I would just feed my SE everything. And he sold the whole deal. And I just kind of coach it on the back end. Totally won. Would never have won by myself ever. So you got to learn that like, if you're ever getting a deal with Rusty, just don't have him talk. That's how you win your, <laughs> that's how you win your deals. Right? <laughs> that's right. Exactly. I, I mean, it. I think that it's just about that human connection. It's about being able to read and, and know how people want to be spoken to, right? Some people will talk to Jay and won't like him. Some people will talk to me and not like me. Right. And the person that doesn't like me might love Jay and vice versa. It's just the ability to recognize, Hey, this isn't going to work. This relationship isn't going to work. There's some clear problems here. And then having the presence of mind like Rusty did to say, I'm going to, I'm going to have someone else come in and help this out. And some people call it manipulation when we're changing who we are. Again, Jay is not changing who he is with this executive that's treating him like crap. It's weird. That's such a bad word, isn't it? Yeah. Manipulation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> manipulation. What is manipulation? Like. Manipulation is being able to be cognizant to control your environment. Mm-hmm. Is that bad? It's not. It's not I think, at I think, all. I think what makes it bad is the outcome. Could, if you're, well, could be yeah. if you use it negatively. Yeah, sure. Like if I'm manipulating you to join to my someone. cult, that's different, <laughs> right? Right. But if I'm, if I understand that there's a well, there's a wall here that just needs to be pushed down, girl in the bar. Yeah. And then we can just have a normal conversation. Maybe you don't like me, but at least let's have a shot here. I just want that shot. Yeah. If the outcome is I'm trying to steal money from you, <laughs> then that makes right. manipulation bad. <laughs> Right. If, but that's, that's thievery then. That's yeah. not really manipulation. I, would yeah, just say. That's but, the, but I mean, you're manipulating them to take money, right? Like, and, and some, some people, some salespeople, that's how they are. They, they don't actually want to help you. They don't actually want to make your life better or easier. They actually just want your money. Now a good salesperson tries to find, I want your money still. Cause I want to make money. Good salespeople like to make sure. money, but I want to find a way to bring as much value to you as possible and make you happy to give me your money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're excited about giving me your money, right? Which goes to the trust. Yeah. Trust, trust me. You're happy to give me the, the cash. Yeah. And, and the key to trust is to be trustworthy. Just be a good person. Don't try and screw people over. Just try to be decent to people, right? You can still make millions of dollars and be very, very successful in this world mm-hmm. and be a decent person at the same time. You do not have to choose one or the other. Actually, if you are a decent person, you'll do better. You can, for sure. It comes to the belief, say, right? If I believe in what I'm giving you, mm-hmm. then already you've, you've kind of built some trustworthiness. I think people, though, they they watch Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. And they think like, that's oh, that's salespeople. That's salespeople. That's how they are, right? But that's not how we all are. Right. That's like, selling something you don't really believe. Yeah. Most of us want to bring value. We want to help you. We just want to make a lot of money doing it. Yeah. And that's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. So lastly, kind of to finish off, I want to ask this question of, of Jay, because I feel like when I first entered the workforce, 
there was this expectation around curse words and how, whether or not curse words should be used in the workplace, how often they should be used. And when I sat next to Jay, you know, I'm going to be honest, Jay, Jay's not got the, he's, he's probably uh, should have Ruby red lightsaber. He should have, uh, he probably, he probably should have eaten a little bit more soap growing up or something like that. I don't know if you guys have seen that that Uh, movie, the Christmas movie, she feeds him soap Christmas story. But I was like, man, this guy, you know, he's got a little bit of a mouth on him and he's highly successful and people love him and he's still working out great. And it, and it fits into his personality. And so I want to kind of get your opinion on that, Jay. Like mm-hmm. you're, I want you to speak to that a little bit about how, when you feel like that's okay and why yeah. and, and, and so forth. Yeah. So I have, a, I actually want to answer that question with a question, right? And this is, this goes all along with uh, just teaching in general. And this is kind of what I do for a living, but let me ask you guys, why can't you swear? And another one who says that that's not like who decided that it's just culturally it's sometimes I think things are just culturally why believed and, and, and you can offend people. Sure. But and, you mean yeah. to tell me that the people you're speaking to on the other line, they will be offended by curse words. I think in some cases it depends. Okay. I'm talking about blue lights, but, but in mo- blue and green. I, I guess we are blue and green, <laughs> right? So you guys would know <clears throat> someone was yeah. swearing. I would not personally at be you, offended, but weird. Yeah. That is weird because the people who would be offended if we're all thinking about the people listening would be the green and blue lightsabers. The we can probably we can probably mind. all yeah. think of one person and, and I'm not going to say the same person, but one person or so. But you're right. It's not that common. It's not a super common that people right. are offended. OK, so let's just let me just but back up on that question. Why can't you? You said it might offend somebody. Fear. Fear of what? Fear of rejection, fear of offending. Well, I mean, I mean, you, I can be rejected, not swearing. Mm hmm. So why can't you swear? Where's that written? And I don't mean I'm dropping F-bombs every time I'm prospecting. Or you're that, swearing at right? people. That, right. And I'm not saying F you. And I'm not swearing at people. But there might be curse words inside, you know, in my normal dialect. And here's why. What they've found out in studies is that people who swear, they're most likely trustworthy because the swearing is, they brought it down to like a cognizant level of who you are as a person person who is swearing obviously doesn't care about the way that they are being perceived. They're not done up in a tie. They're not. And I'm talking about mentally. Right. Yeah. And what I mean by yeah. this is people who swear usually are being authentic because that is something you would do on a day-to-day basis. Authenticity is done on a day-to-day basis. The person I am driving is really the person I am at the, at the checkout. Really? It doesn't really change. So that being said, I probably cuss sometimes during those during that time. I cuss if I'm having dinner. I probably cuss if I'm watching TV. <laughs> so it's weird, and we kind of coming full circle. Why we don't cuss in in the business? Let me give you a story here, real quick. I just got done uh, running our sales kickoff here for for my company, and the CMO hops on, and the CMO says, "You know, I've, I've taken some time to kind of learn the culture here, and I've I've kind of held myself back a little bit." He brings up a slide. The slide is all the ways you can say the F word. F you, F me, F this, this is F and stupid. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was, and everyone was so shocked. It was super uncomfortable actually. Okay. Right. right? It's uncomfortable, but it's not. We would turn the, turn off the zoom. Not uncomfortable. Turn on the zoom. Super uncomfortable, which is weird. It's super weird. And so he said, look, this is who I am. I'm just, I say these words all the time and I hope I don't offend anybody. If I'm, I, and I, if you are offended, I apologize. But that doesn't mean I'm not who I am. 
And I thought that was super powerful. Now, obviously he's a CMO who's going to fire him, right? <laughs> Only the CEO right. can say something. However, I thought it was very interesting that he took the time in a professional setting to take a slide where the whole slide was, it was a matrix of all the ways you can say the F word. And it was weird because that's not done in professionalism, which maybe it should, but why can't you swear? Yeah. But, but maybe if you just talk to somebody like you normally communicate and, and that's that what involves, I mean. and that involves swear words and they hear it, mm -hmm. they're going to feel like you trust them. And maybe it, it opens up a little bit because somebody's like, Oh, yeah, he's an authentic person. I heard something I typically wouldn't hear from a salesperson. He's communicating the way he is. He's, he's, he's willing to be out there and I can trust this person. Imagine if I said that on a call and I'm not just so you know, I'm not saying, please swear on your, on your prospecting calls, please swear at your, at your, I, I say mirror your audience and be able to understand who you're speaking to. That's what I am saying. But imagine this, if I got on the call and I said, Ron, Mr. Customer, someone I just called, Hey, I know you're not expecting my call. I know you don't give a shit about what I have to say. However, you get these all the time. I would love to talk to you about how people in your same industry are seeing success by using these two things. You might not, you might want to hang up the phone on me right now. You might not give a shit swear word. Yeah. What are your thoughts? And the thing is that the same guard is going down because I'm being who I really am. And, and that's not what any regular salesperson would do. Right. And, and you're able to do it in a way that's not offensive. And I'm not, you know, the S word isn't you at you. It's yeah. just part of my conversation. And it's just interesting. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm not advocating, please swear and all your things. What I'm yeah. saying is that think of it though. It, I want the mind to shift. And this is what I do to all my SDRs is I want your mind to shift when it's, I'm this little peon. I need to say these big words because these higher ups care about that. And I need to be different Shifts because I'm going to be, gonna be yeah. I want you to be yourself. And I want you to realize, bring yourself up to their level is you have something they don't today or else you wouldn't be calling them. And I only bring up swearing as an example of every one of us. When we first entered the job market, we had an expectation of what it was going to be like. Yeah. And we believed when we entered that market that we needed to become like everyone else. Right. My point behind bringing up the swearing isn't that you should swear. And well, think of this real quick. Whatever else. But it is that you can still be yourself like Jay. Or and not be like successful. Jay. Absolutely. Think of, think of, uh, think of Gary. What's uh, Gary uh, Vaynerchuk. Vaynerchuk. Mm -hmm. He specifically says, I swear it all the time. Yeah. That's who I am. Yeah. Unsuccessful guy? No. no. Is it off-putting? I think it comes off as authentic. Yeah. But I think that there are people that don't swear. Sure. That's not part of who they are and they can be successful. And my point is this, try to be you because yeah. people can tell when you're trying to be someone else, it forces them to see you as an entity. It doesn't allow them to see you as a person. So take some time intrinsically think about who you are when you're with your friends, when you're with your spouse, when you're with your family and try to let that come out yes. as you communicate with others. And I think that this has been a fantastic conversation. Jay, this has been great. We appreciate yeah, you it. here. I thought we had a lot of fun. I think the time flew by. Ron, you're fabulous as usual. <laughs> you know, the only thing that makes you more fabulous, not just how you sound, but how you look. I mean, look right. Look, look at the beard. <laughs> um, last thing on your piece, though. I think if someone were to have a takeaway from this, it isn't the swearing. It's people can tell when you're unauthentic. Yep. I think you should definitely say that. Or kind of want to reiterate, you just said it, but I want people to hear that one more time. People can tell them when I say, hey, this is Jay calling with layer laundry detergent. How are you doing today? I immediately shut off because I know you don't care about layer laundry detergent. So we talked about believing in your product. We talked about being authentic. We talked about swearing. We talked about being who you are. I think that that is success in sales. And that's how you do it correctly. It's powerful. It's powerful. So it's true stuff. 
Well, thanks for taking the time. We appreciate it, everybody. And we'll be communicating more and more as we do the Sales Prescription Podcast. Please find us on LinkedIn and find Jay on LinkedIn. Engage him in consulting engagements as well as communicating, getting advice from Jay. You're going to find my name not Jay, though. It's actually my full first name, which is Jay Iris. Jay Iris. J-A-I-R-U-S. So I love it. Happy to, yeah, happy to help if you guys have any questions or if anybody wants to shoot the shit. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> have a good one. See you, bye.